Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest team building podcast. If this is your first time, you guys, thank you so much for being a part of our high-level team leader and broker owner group coaching. Um, The intention with this is that every week we bring you a high-level topic. We essentially change topics every month. And I kick off the first call of the month with this being the first Thursday. We're going to talk on recruiting and then Andy Cuny will come in the next three to four weeks and speak specifically to a few of the pillars that I'm going to talk about today. All right, so let's get into the topic of the day, recruiting. Uh, Going back into the sales world, um, I started selling in 2006 and selling about 50 houses a year. My first year, I did 50 deals and then the next year, 65 and the next year, 70 and started to scale my own personal business. And I recognized really quickly, I didn't want to be a real estate agent my whole life. Um, So in 2011, we launched a real estate team. I had no idea what it was going to mean to have a real estate team. I just knew hopefully it meant for me that I wouldn't have to sell real estate my whole life. And so like many of you, I started adding agents having no idea why they should join my team and what my value prop would be and how I was going to hold them accountable and how I was going to motivate them and how I was going to pay them and what legalities were surrounding me having an agent on my team and how I was supposed to call myself a team instead of just my own show and all of the questions and challenges and concerns that we all face when we start something new. And I quickly failed forward. So I hired about six agents in the fall of 2011 and promised all of them internet leads. We had just joined Boomtown. And out of the gate, we were generating about 300 deals a month off of Boomtown. And we would disperse all those leads to our agents. And we started traveling nationally. Uh, We went and visited about 100 brick and mortar offices over the course of about two years. So every quarter, we would, me and Kevin McGowan, my operating my operator, essentially my COO, we would fly into Indianapolis, for example, and we'd meet the top five or six Boomtown teams that were in that area and just call them up and, you know, a couple weeks in advance and say, hey, we're going to be in your area. Can we stop by and take you to lunch? Or can we come and see your office and pick your brain? And we'd have two or three hours with, the, with each team. And we started to see a really interesting pattern um, in a lot of different areas, but as it pertains to recruiting. And this isn't going to surprise anyone. It's actually really common sense. But for some reason, every team we saw as we started piecing this together, we had a huge aha moment. And now we teach it as an aha moment. And that is your amount of unit sales and your net revenue will directly be correlated to the number of agents you have. How's everybody doing? Everybody with me? And everyone's like, yeah, well, duh. Well, if it's so obvious, then why don't you have twice as many agents as you had last year? And then next year, why don't you have twice as many in the next year? And the answer we typically hear is, well, I don't want to have to manage that many agents. Right? That's the excuse we tell ourselves. I don't want to manage that many agents. Well, you hire someone to manage those agents. Well, I don't want to have to pay for leads for all of those agents. Well, you get strategic partnerships to pay for the leads. Well, I don't want to have to deal with all the legal issues. Let your broker deal with the legal issues if you aren't the broker. So pretty much there's all these excuses. And so really looking at it, I've come to realize it's not people, everyone knows they need to have more agents. 
So like recruiting, we'll talk today about strategies around recruiting, how to get people. But I first wanted, wanted to spend time on the mindset of why do you actually want recruits? Do you actually want recruits? Should you even have a real estate team? You know, are you, are you better off just being a Navy SEAL and going out as a lone wolf on a mission to go sell real estate and get the highest amount of money and the least amount of time with the least amount of energy and not have to deal with babysitting agents? Or have you built a business and or have the intention to build a business in which you do want to add agents? And so I've used the analogy a lot of times of uh, McDonald's versus Burger King. And I at one point read somewhere, I think it was in Freakonomics, that McDonald's has 10 times as many restaurants as Burger King. Uh, one of Burger King's strategies when they go to put in a restaurant is they just go find a McDonald's restaurant and then they put their restaurant across the street. The reason for that is they don't have to spend any money in hiring consulting companies to determine where to put a restaurant because McDonald's already did it. They just go plant a restaurant across the street and it works really well. Burger King's still around. And McDonald's doesn't apologize for having 10 times as much revenue when they have 10 times as many restaurants. And it's the same thing when it comes to real estate agents. If you look at top real estate teams, which I know all these awards are going out right now and everybody's on stages and everybody has their awards saying they're the top person in their market. Typically, the top person in the market is going to have the most amount of agents. The top brokerage, the top team, all the top performers, even individual agents, is going to have the most amount of staff. People will say, oh, I'm an individual with 20 admin, right? 20 virtual assistants, 20, whatever you want to call them. There's going to be a team around that person, even if they don't want to say that they have a team. And that's okay. No one needs to be embarrassed. It's hard to have a team. It's hard to manage a lot of agents. And I look over at Dana. Dana's been in my world. Who Dana's our producer now. Dana came on, what year, Dana? 2013. 2013. So 10 years. And he came in as an agent. We actually did a transaction together. And I was mad at him because he was a newer agent. And I thought he had made a mistake. And I don't know why you ended up choosing to come work for, with us. <laughs> but we ended up recruiting him over, uh, over to our team because we felt like he was teachable. He's an SC. And now he, he, he serves us in a different capacity. But the thing that's been fascinating for someone that's been in our world for 10 years is they've seen a lot of agents come and go. And that's normal. Who here on the group call has had a lot of agents come and go? Who's had over five agents come and go? 10 agents, 20 agents. My hand's going to stay up 50 agents, 100 agents. I've had over 100 at least. I used to keep a file since 2011. Every agent that came on, you'd have to get all their information. I'd keep a file. And even when they left, I'd move that file folder, manila file folder, into a no longer with me folder. And the no longer with me folder ended up being bigger than the who's with me folder. And it causes you to ask the question, you know, what's wrong with us? What's broken in our process and in our system? Is there something wrong with you if people leave? And the answer is no. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing at all. Um, you're going to be in a process of self-discovery and so are the people that join your organization. So you have to first define like who is your organization? What is your organization? What type of people do you want to attract? And what type of people will you retain by who you become as a company? And it's going to be different, wildly different. Every company is different and that's okay. You get to decide, Chad gets to decide in Gillette, Wyoming, who he wants to be and who he wants to attract and the type of people that he wants to keep inside of his world. And each and every one of you guys as your ERS clients get to choose what you want to build. But knowing that is important when you go out and start recruiting, because what's hard is you think, well, why not just let anybody come into my organization? Let's just let everybody join. And if they work out, they work out. 
The challenge with that, as you'll quickly learn if you've ever read the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, is you'll recruit people that are a detriment to your company morale or culture that actually will stunt the growth of your company because let's say Chad, Chad hired Jane Doe and Gillette and everyone hates Jane Doe, but Jane Doe had a pulse and still has a real estate license. So Chad said, ah, screw it. I'll let Jane come join me. But what Chad doesn't recognize, this isn't real, right? Jane Doe doesn't exist, right, Chad? What, what Chad doesn't recognize is Jane, no one likes Jane Doe and they don't want to work at Jane Doe's company because they used to work with Jane Doe and she was the worst person in the world. And in the book, Five Dysfunctions, there is a character named Mickey and she is that person. And all of us know that person, right? They left your company and you just felt this huge weight off your shoulders once they had left. And if anyone can think of someone like that right now in their company, I would invite you to invite them to go to your worst enemy's company. Um, and no longer be inside of your world because that person's hurting you. There's people in your world that are considering leaving and there's people out of your world that you don't know of that want to come over, but are choosing not to because you're choosing to keep somebody that's toxic. A lot of people choose not to grow because they don't have the foundation. A lot of times I'll hear people say, I don't have a success manager yet, Jeff. I don't want to add anybody or I don't have leads for anybody. I don't want to have to share all my leads and I don't have leads or I don't have Boomtown or I don't have the systems in place or I don't have office space for them. Um, there's 10 more, 100 more, 100 more excuses as to why someone doesn't want to add an agent. To me, the only good excuse is that you've, you are self-aware, you know exactly what you want to build and you truly don't want to have a big real estate team with a lot of agents. Um, I, anyone on the call today in a position where you would not want to have a big real estate team, anyone willing to raise their hand and say, you don't want a big real estate team. Okay, Chad. Perfect. Well, since I picked on Chad a couple of times, why don't you speak to the group? I'd love to hear your reasoning by not wanting a big real estate team. And there's no right or wrong. So if you're not getting in trouble for answering, I just would love to hear your mindset behind not wanting it. I'm in a town of 30,000 people and we have a team of four agents that we control a quarter of the market already. And so I feel like we have a good market share. And then I've decided to go more on the investing side with my career and go that direction. So building it out, I think will hinder me on investing. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Chad. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. And I think that was very well spoken. That made sense to me. He has 25% market share of his market in, in Gillette. He has the option of expanding into other markets and, or putting his energy into investing or put his energy into trying to get more than 25% market share in Gillette. He probably tries to create leverage and I'm speaking for you, but I'm sure you try to create leverage. It's probably challenging to find talent, especially in a small town. And I actually have family that was in Gillette for 10 years. I know the town well. And so he's chosen to put his a majority of his time and energy into building investment properties, which is going to give him like leg legacy and probably a much bigger exit than a real estate team might. Perfect. Anyone else have any have a reason why you wouldn't want to grow your real estate team? Who here is on the recruiting call, but doesn't actually think they need a recruit. And it's okay. If you think you don't need to, I just would like for those, someone else to share another perspective. I'll share. So, okay. um, I think, I, I want a bigger team. I feel sometimes at capacity with, uh, we've got three agents right now. And so to me, the, the mindset is like, oh my gosh, if I take on more agents, how much more time is that going to take from me uh, doing the prospecting things we need to do for the business? So I want to grow and uh, we've had some turnover. We've had two agents leave us over the last six months and that that's fine. 
Um, I am actually looking to recruit. I just kind of have the mindset like I want like a Navy SEAL team or like a tight knit team of really good agents and then uh, go from there. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm open to growing to, to a larger team, 10 plus down the line. Okay, cool. So I thank you both of you guys for sharing the, the goal of that practice of just kind of having the open dialogue is to kind of challenge each of us individually to have the have an answer as, okay, I don't want to grow. And these are the reasons why now let's hear from two or three people that would say that their goal by the end of this year is to double their team size. Is anyone going to realistically double their team size by the end of this year? Show of hands, Corey and Leslie, let's hear from both, both of you, Corey, you want to go first? So the question to you is going to be, why do you want to double your team size? Just to like, I asked the question, why do you not want to grow a team? Why do you want to grow a team? Um, I guess from a vulnerability standpoint, <clears throat> you know, your agents are going to come, agents are going to go. Um, I look at it like if I've got a bridge and I've got three posts holding it up, if I lose one of those, I'm screwed. You know, if I have a hundred pillars holding that bridge up, even if I lose the one that's carrying the most weight, I'm okay. Um, and it's, it's pushing me to become a better leader. You know, I've put two people into leadership that are on this call with me in the room. Um, and it's helping, it's helping them become better versions of themselves. Um, you know, leveraging their skills. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really have a goal of how big I want my team, just as big as possible. All right. There's 2 million agents in the country. <laughs> there's your goal. There Everybody, you go. Let's go. Thank you, Corey. All right, Leslie, you go next. And then Derek, if you want to share as well, go ahead, Leslie. So mine's probably not hard to double because I only have one agent right now. So definitely uh, <laughs> need to leverage on that. Um, but uh, so I, coaching call yesterday with Logan that I appreciate. So, you know, this has been my goal here the past couple of weeks since I let one of the other agents go, who was kind of a little bit of that cancerous, you know, mindset, which, you know, is hard. She was my top producing agent and kind of my go-to to really help me when I, my overflow is just at capacity. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was a good move. And so the gal that I've got, she's like vested and, you know, interested. Um, but coaching call with uh, uh, Logan yesterday, he said, well, you need to talk to your brokers. You're definitely one of the top producers in your company and they need to help you out. And if they are not going to help you out, you need to have a different conversation with them. And so I talked to the owner and I talked to my broker in my office and had a phone call yesterday with somebody in an interview this afternoon. And, you know, just, I think so far it sounds in our conversation like good alignment in the sense of, you know, kind of the culture that we have, what she's looking for, because she's also had. Um, Why do you want to grow, Leslie? With interviews. Um, Sorry. Really, for me, it's to be able to leverage my sanity. All right. Leverage sanity. Which, I don't you're, know. You know, like. You're, you're taking on too much. So you're going to use the agents to leverage lead demand. Yeah. Or just different, you know, I mean, at some point I can only do so much as an agent, which I yeah. appreciate that aspect, but really I, f I feel like my calling's probably better served in a leadership capacity to help and leverage those other agents cool. that are wanting Perfect. it. Perfect. Thank you. And I love that you and Corey both said the same thing, that adding agents is going to drive you to have to become a bigger, better leader. It's going to drive you to have to deal with bigger problems and bigger challenges, and you'll have a responsibility 
Um, that onus then falls on you to make sure that these individuals that are plugging into your world are going to have success. And that's always been our number one thing I've shared with everyone at the office, um, both locally, anyone nationally that's part of ERS. If you feel like being in our world is going to help you to make more money and less time with less energy and allow you to live and lead the life of your dream, you should stay in our world. If you think there's a better coaching company or a better real estate company or a better car, you know, a different vehicle, literally, that's going to help you live and lead your life, your dreams, or it's going to help you make more money, less time, less energy. There's a better solution. Go somewhere else. And so I share that with my agents. When I, when you let an agent go, it's because they're not making it in your world. And it's not just because they're not profitable. They might be profitable, but they might not be living their best life. And so when I let someone go, that's the reason behind it. If it's an admin, if it's an agent, it's because our world wasn't the right fit for them. doesn't mean we're wrong. It's not that I did a bad job. When I look back at that big stack of manila, fo that folder of people who didn't choose to stay in our world, it wasn't the right fit for them. It's not because they weren't big thinkers or because they're not hard workers or any of the excuses we might make when someone chooses to quit our company or we choose to fire somebody. It's not the right fit and that's okay. All right, Derek, why do you want to grow? Uh, I'm probably going to have a more egotistical answer. Um, that's, it's not meant to be, but uh, I guess it's how I feel. But I, I think that uh, my organization, we, we're providing more value than any other uh, brokerage or team out there, for one. And it, uh, you know, if you have the knowledge and you're not sharing it, not growing other people's goals, um, then you're just being selfish with it. And I, I've got the goal to be the biggest and the best. Um, and I think you need to share that knowledge and bring more people into my world. Great answer. And I don't think that sounded egotistical at all. Um, it's really just based on self-awareness. Like we started the call today from a mindset standpoint, recognizing who you are, where you are, and where you want to go. And I'll say right now, when it comes to recruiting, it's okay if you don't want to grow your real estate team. That doesn't mean you're not going to recruit. You're going to be recruiting other things. Chad still needs to recruit. He just doesn't need to recruit residential real estate agents, right? He's recruiting acquisition managers. He's recruiting doors he wants to acquire. He's recruiting banks to give him money. He's recruiting family and friends to give him seed money. They're still recruiting. I'm still recruiting. Everybody's still looking for people to fit certain, certain seats. So um, Rock Thomas would always say, Rock Thomas is a mentor of mine. He owns M1, which is a big mastermind group. He used to work with Tony Robbins and he says, don't apologize for being awesome. And I love your point, Derek, that, and I love that you're willing to share this. You know that you have something of value to offer. And your sentiment is that you feel like you have more to offer than everyone around you. I felt the same way for a long time, probably since 2013, 2014. And one comes to feel that way based on perspective. Our perspective is based on the experiences we've had up to the point in which we choose to be introspective. And so once you start interviewing other teams, right, and you see what other brokerages and teams in your area have to offer to both agents and to the consumer, because we have two customers, obviously, that we serve, and you come to recognize you offer your agents more and the customer more, and you know you have a better value prop than everybody else, it drives you to want to invite others to that opportunity. And if you're right and you do have more to offer, it should drive your agents to get other people to want to join your organization as well. And the consumer should choose your organization over the other organizations because they too will come to realize and recognize that your organization offers more than everybody else. And so I'd like all of us to have that egotistical, as you call it, perspective, which is more just the self-awareness of understanding what your value proposition is. If you don't know why your team is a better fit for a prospective recruit, you should not be recruiting because all you're going to be doing when you meet with someone is lying. 
because you're going to be telling them something you don't know is truth. And so if you haven't done the research and development in your own market to understand what you offer versus everybody else, then I'd start there before I'd start to try to get people to join your organization. It's okay if your splits aren't better. It's okay if your training's not better. It's okay if your office isn't better. It's okay if other people are better at different things. You have to find your niche, your expertise, the thing that you want to call your specialty, your USP, unique selling proposition. All right. Anybody else have any comments on this thought leadership portion? I'm going to kind of dump on you guys two or three of our top recruiting strategies that Andy's going to go into depth on over the next three weeks. And then we'll get into more Q&A specific to recruiting and or it can be about Powered by ERS or any other topic you guys want to chat about today. And uh, Dana's also uh, taking care of the chat feature. So if anyone does want to throw a comment or a question in the chat, Dana's watching that and we'll be sure that I address any of those chat comments. Um, Andy's out today. He's actually on spring break with his family on his way to Kansas City. So if, ever, if anyone has Andy's personal cell phone number, just for fun, shoot him a text message in the next 30 minutes and wish him a, a happy Easter with his family in Kansas City. I think he'd think that's fun. Um, <laughs> Catherine's actually working virtually as well and wasn't able to make the call, but she's in, enjoying the sun in San Diego. So Dana and I are running the show today. All right. So once we were self-actualized, 2011 rolls around. It's fall of 2011. I felt very similar to a lot of you with the desire of growth. And we knew we needed agents. Um, kind of like Leslie's comment, like I needed leverage. I didn't, I was doing 70 deals a year myself, making $350,000, but I didn't want to have to do 70 deals a year every year of the rest of my life. I wanted to eventually not have to sell. I loved the leadership part of it. I loved the analytics. I loved the lead gen, the marketing, literally everything except the transaction only because I got burned out of the transaction. I had done enough deals, hundreds and hundreds of deals and dealt with hundreds and hundreds of clients that I just kind of got bored. I would say I just was bored of going on a listing presentation. It wasn't exciting or new or unique anymore. It just was mundane and boring. And it made me more money than I could have ever dreamed of. And I wanted to help other people learn the mundane and the boring. And for a while, I knew it would be fun for them. And I just wanted to keep a percentage of that and be able to focus my time more on growing those people. Obviously, you guys know I now own elite real estate systems, as well as a lot of other verticals. Never in a million years could I have seen it go this far. So one of the answers I didn't hear that I would have preferred hearing, and I especially expected this out of Corey, was that you wanted to grow a real estate team because you know that as you increase your numbers, you'll be able to feed the verticals. So the more agents that you have within your brokerage or your, your real estate team, the more opportunities your other verticals will have to close mortgage deals, insurance deals, title deals, possibly property management deals, investment deals, et cetera. And this was one of the main reasons we launched our brokerage. Rather than just running a real estate team of 20 people, we were number one in the world at Berkshire. Just as a small team of 20, 25 people, we went to Keller Williams to launch a franchise back in 2020, which we've been here now for three years. We have over 100 agents. The whole goal wasn't to be make a lot of money off the real estate transaction. We've actually made pretty much $0 since coming over off of real estate transactions. Our intention was for the real estate brokerage in Nebraska to prop up the, the ancillaries that are in Nebraska. And now that we've let the cat out of the bag um, in regards to the Powered by ERS platform, the whole reason was we used Nebraska as a beta test to launch the verticals in our state so that we could expand those verticals into all 50 states. So we used our franchise essentially as a loss leader to expand our 
footprint nationally. So all of us will have different goals. The only reason I share all of that is to say the way you go about doing it is your way. You can define your own path, create your own business plan. There's no right or wrong way. There's a hundred different ways to do it. Um, I love Chad. I love the way Chad talked about the investment part. I, all of us should be investing. Like if you don't make space for that, then I, I know there will be regrets behind that in 20 years from now. That's why that was the first vertical we started coaching on two years ago with our Tuesday coaching on, on investing. So I would highly recommend you guys take half of your disposable income if you have it and put it towards buying investment property. Um, so the top few ways we recruited, number one is going to be happy agents, happy agents that are already on your team, happy agents that are already going to your meetings and your trainings and getting your leads and getting your leadership and getting your personal referrals going to those agents and extending the invitation to them to invite other realtors at other brokerages to come check out a team meeting or come check out a team event or come to a charity event. And the best place we found to find those other agents were the agents on the other side of the transaction. And so we encouraged our agents to invite agents on the other side of the transaction to come check out our team trainings for free. To this day, all of the trainings that are offered in Omaha at our office that I'm standing in right now are free to the public. Any agent at any brokerage, any investor, any mortgage company, any title company can come physically to all of our trainings for no cost. So we have people obviously all over the country paying thousands of dollars a month for our training. Anyone in my own market can come for free. Huge value add. You see the room right now? Dana, you want to show the room? No one in the room. So it's tough because you go do a search on YouTube or do a search on a podcast app or go search a book on Amazon and there's millions and millions of pieces of information about how to do something, right? So each person picks their path and that's why it's so important that the people in your world that believe in you extend an invitation to somebody else that they do a deal with. The next step to that would be you can invite a virtual assistant or one of your admin to send a letter saying thank you um, on the other side of the transaction. Who here in the last 12 months has received a letter saying thank you for doing a deal with you from a realtor on the other side of a transaction? Who's received a letter that's thanked you for doing a deal? I see one hand. Is that it? One person in 12 months? Okay, so now let me flip it on you guys. How many of you have sent a letter of gratitude, either you or your company, to the agent on the other side of the transaction saying thank you? How many hands now? Okay. So the rest of you are horrible human beings. <laughs> it's such a simple gesture, Chris Holloway, to have your admin say, hey, Chris just wanted to say thank you. He said that you were a peach to work with and he hopes that you sell more of his listings in the future. If you ever have any questions or interested in learning more about joining the Chris Holloway team, feel free to reach out to Chris. Here's his business card. Have a nice day. You do 100 deals a year or 1,000 deals a year, your time is going to be easily returned by creating a tiny little postcard, buy, go buy 1,000 in bulk, and just hand, having an admin handwrite a nice letter. It can come from you or it can just come from your admin, throw your business card in, and just invite them to a meeting, invite them to a training. Just say thank you for being a great agent to work with. If it's somebody that's awful, then don't send the letter. So, like it didn't happen very often, but you might have someone that was so awful, don't send a thank you letter. That's okay. But that shouldn't happen very often. Just the fact that they got a letter is going to stand out. You saw just by the show of hands, and we sell a lot of deals. This whole group represents thousands of transactions a year. So just to get a handwritten letter, I think feels special. I feel special. I'm a high eye, but I feel special just that someone took the time and has that as part of their process. I think that's, that's awesome. So opening up the office for trainings, getting agents in the community to join, any event you ever host is charity. No matter what the event is, 
there has to be a charity attached to it. And everyone gets invited to a charity event. Past clients, current clients, agents, recruits, admin, all the ancillaries you work with, all of your vendors, everyone should get invited to every event and you should be hosting at least quarterly, if not more often than that. Um, Michael Mayer has a book specific to how to run events. He wrote The Seven Levels of Communication. And then he wrote another book about events. I don't know the name. I'm sorry, Dana. Search it if you can and throw it in the chat. But it's something uh, regarding how to host the right types of events and how to get people there. I know that events is huge in terms of getting people to come out uh, to a recruiting event. I know we've had a lot of agents locally have a lot of success with bringing in keynote speakers from outside of our state. Uh, to speak on any topic specific to real estate and then invite all the real estate agents, host the event outside of um, your real estate office. Because for some reason, we wear these badges of honor at our brokerages that if I'm at eXp, I can't enter uh, at KW office. And if I'm at KW, I can't enter a REMAX office. I don't know why it exists, but it does in our culture, which is embarrassing. And so if you do want to host something, sometimes it does make sense to host outside of your own office, which is one of the reasons we host the Team Building Summit. All the agents in our local market also get to enjoy the same discount our KW agents get to enjoy um, if they come down to downtown Omaha to enjoy the team building summit. We do that once a year. And then, of course, being able to send out the handwritten notes and or calling think agents on the other side of the transaction. And then the last vertical that I haven't spoken to is social media. Um, all of these things, posting on there, inviting people, letting everyone know what your culture looks like. You have to know that a lot of people want to know more about you, but they don't want to tell you that they want to know more about you. So you have to be able to provide them a vehicle to be able to research your company. Like all the things Derek offered. Is there a place, Derek, that people can go online right now and find out all the reasons you're better than everybody else without them having to directly call you? I don't see him on here still, is he? I don't think he is. So any of us that have all of these great things to offer, we need to be sure that we're showing all of those great things um, to our market so that they know what's available to them without them having to actually make contact. And then all of the upsells of like coming to events or coming to a training for free, be sure that that's included. So I think our landing page is a great example. I've never seen anything like our landing page on any other real estate company's website, which surprises me that it doesn't exist. If you guys have something similar, feel free to share it in the chat as well. And then we can all take advantage of that content. Hi, I'm Jeff Cohn, host of the Team Building Podcast and founder of Elite Real Estate Systems. We've been using Dotloop for almost 10 years and taking advantage of the Dotloop for Teams and Showing Time Plus platforms. We're really excited about all of the innovative products that Dotloop's going to be rolling out. To find out more about that, go to growwithers.com and click on Tools. That's everything I have for you today. Andy's going to go down the rabbit hole on some of these techniques and strategies, and then I'm sure there will be more that he'll add to it. There's hundreds of different strategies I could talk about, uh, but those are the most simple. You might go, why? You know, this is obvious, but you saw from a show of hands that nobody's doing it. You're not doing it, nor are the agents on the other side of a transaction, and it's so simple. What we don't want is a mass text message or a mass email or a person calling asking if you want to know about opportunities at a brokerage. Nobody wants that. That's done. Like that's boring. That's what everybody already did. That's basic. What they want to know is that you actually are going to make change in their business. And so being able to share that your average agent generates X amount of dollars in Y amount of time and that does X amount of transactions per year, having like real stats to back up your team's success and show that their lifestyle is better because they're a part of your world. And then getting them to share testimonials and post those testimonials. I mean, look at what all the big companies are doing online to show off their products. You do the exact same thing to show off what your team offers, which that is the product. 
what your team offers and their USP is the product that you offer the agents that you're recruiting. So with that, thank you guys for who, whoever is needing to jump at the hour. Uh, appreciate you coming on today. Appreciate you being part of ERS. If anyone has more questions on Powered by ERS, I'm here now for the next half an hour. I can answer any questions you guys have on any topic. Um, I've been getting a lot of text messages, text messages and DMs specific to the Powered by ERS platform, but we can talk about recruiting. We can talk about any, any topic you guys want. Um, I make myself available for a half an hour every month in this group setting for Q&A. So for those that have to jump, thank you guys again and hope to see you guys at the Team Building Summit. Please check it out. If you can make it, it'd mean a lot to us to have you there. We're looking through the chat now to see if we missed anything. I have a question, Jeff. Go ahead. What would you say is the number one, you know, you, you mentioned strategies that involve basically events and transactions, right? But for, let's say we take a step back and we're at the ground level, what's the number one call to action that agents gravitate towards when you're on the ground floor building an actual team? All right. So say that one more time really quickly. Yeah. What's the number one call to action or marketing content or whatever you want to call it to get people to, to say, yeah, I want to talk to you about this opportunity because a lot of what you just talked about mentions a certain amount of transaction volume. But if someone's a one person show and wants to get a team off the ground, what would they, you know, they're going to have to, you know, do the whole WRK and call people and text people. So what's the, what is the hook that you would say is the number one hook to get people through the door to talk to you leads. So your team has lots of leads. That's the hook. Is that what you're asking? That, that that's always been and continues to be the number one hook is leads. So you look at all the people that are crazy about Zillow flex. They want to be on the Zillow flex platform and give Zillow 38% of the gross revenue for giving them a lead that should have already been theirs anyways. But we chose to share the IDX with Zillow and we're giving them all this money which is insanity in my opinion, but we're doing it because we want leads. So we ourselves are doing it because we want leads. Agents want the same thing, especially now more than ever as interest rates have gone up and it's creating impact obviously on people's buying power. It's harder. It, um, it's not as easy as it was maybe a year and a half, two years ago to get a transaction. So even the people on this call want more leads. Everybody wants leads. So if you can share with people that you have leads, not just from your sphere, uh, but also from some type of a lead funnel that you've created. It could be Google PPC or Zillow or realtor.com or outbound callers or mailers, or it could be you teaching them how to generate their leads through open houses and door knocking and, you know, all of the different strategies that you're an expert in. That's what people want. So number one is, is that, is that, but let's open that up to the group. That's a really good question. What do you guys think is the number one hook that people are looking for outside of leads? I could go through 10 more examples, but let's let the group answer. What do you guys think agents want outside of just leads? I think how to convert the leads. All right. So not just only leads, but lead conversion, which uh, Callie, you made the comment training, which is exact. I think a lot of people need training, but they don't know they need it. And they're only used to new agent training that the brokerage offers, like how to fill out a contract. They don't have advanced training for a team leader, like what ERS offers today. And so the agents needing leads, they need trained on how to work the lead. How do you convert the lead? What WORK has to go along with just finding a person at an open house or getting a Google PPC lead dumped into your inbox? What else? I think a lot of people, and then Jeff, we'll go to you. I think people also are looking for community and they're not saying it because they don't know that's what they're looking for, but they want to have a 
the family atmosphere. They want to feel like they're accepted and that they're part of something. And I know that's true. And one of the ways I can know that that's true is if you look at a lot of teams, I feel like they all, they look very similar. And it reminds me like going all the way back to high school where you have like a little click. And my high school days was like 1996 to 2000 and everyone was getting Doc Martens. And so like the popular group was all in like button downs with like slick back hair and had the big thick Doc Martens that were like two inches tall. And that was like the little community. And when you see people doing that, it's not because they're followers or they can't think outside the box. They want to be accepted. People choose to look a certain way because they want to be accepted. I wore a sports coat today to look professional and nice for you guys because I want you to be proud of the ERS company that you're paying every month. And I want, I want you to accept me as the person you're listening to for an hour once a month. And so that's not wrong, um, but they do. people are looking for acceptance and that community. And sometimes it's hard if you're a, a C personality you're not going to gravitate to community. That's not the way you, that's not, you don't have the feelers and that's okay. Just find somebody in your world. That's not a C that's maybe a high I, an S, an IS or a, a DI that can create that community feel. Jeff, what's your comment? So it's, it's not a one size fits all, right? So the real hook is asking questions first. It's learning about what they're looking for. Um, when I'm calling a potential agent, what I lead with is we have resources. We are looking to partner with additional agents. Would you be open to a conversation about that? And depending on where they're at in their career, most of them are open to that conversation. And that first conversation is a 20 minute zoom phone call. And it is all about them. I am literally just digging and finding what they need. And then guess what? We got it. I'm going to tell them we got it. And that's the next, that's the next <laughs> meeting. Right? So yeah, it's not a one size fits all. Jeff, I, I love that you share it. It all fall on a sword right out of the gate. I love talking and do so do most people. And I love talking about what we have to offer because I believe what we have to offer is special. And so before I even ask a single question of what exactly are you looking for? I know I'm, I'm right down all the top 10 things. This is why we're great. And then they're, they're like, you know, I overdo it sometimes when really I just needed to listen to their issues they've had over the last two years at the previous brokerage or team they were on, and then share with them how my team or brokerage is a solution to the challenges that they were having. If I'm a solution to the challenges they were having, I don't need to share the top 10 reasons they need to join us. I just need to share how we're the solution to maybe two or three issues, and then they can find out about all the other benefits later on. So I think that's a really good point to listen. Um, Dale Carnegie teaches us that in How to Win Friends and Influence People, which was written 100 years ago. And it has a lot of great concepts to be taught. If you guys haven't read it, I would highly recommend that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, especially as it pertains to recruiting. Thank you, Jeff. Good comment. What else, guys? Am I missing anything from chat, Dana? Uh, we got a couple questions here. Why don't you read me some questions? Um, one, of the, one of your recent podcasts, Jeff, you mentioned a URL for your favorite links. What is that address? Oh, interesting. We'll throw that in the chat. Just go to the ERS favorite tools. <sighs> yeah. So we'll throw that in chat. My favorite li links, I think, was just the favorite tools is what you're referring to that we use. Um, uh, Paula's got a question here. Paula, we're looking to hire an uh, FT recruiter at a base of 25 to 3, 2,500 to 3,000 and override or something similar, just focusing on recruiting and then adding a VA to start setting appointments. What are your thoughts on this? Should we start with a PT remote recruiter or go for the FT? There's no right answer. It's whatever is going to work for you and finding the right person. Um, I love the idea of hiring a recruiter at a zero base. 
maybe pay a draw that comes out of future hires, but giving them money based on the sales of the person that gets recruited. It should never be compensation just because a, a person joined your brokerage. It should be based on the person joining the brokerage and then having sales. And so one of the other ways that Andy will talk about how to get more recruits is to compensate agents inside your world. So like Cali is inside my world at KW Elite. It'd be like if Cali were to bring somebody, this isn't set up because we're a brokerage, but when we were a team, if Cali were to bring in an agent, we'd pay her $250 on that agent's first four transactions for a total of $1,000. So it just came out of the revenue we wouldn't have made had we not had the person, and Callie would get 250 bucks, 250 bucks, 250 bucks, 250 bucks on the first four deals. That's also how I compensate my current team leader, Ben Mathis. And so we also pay him, individuals are worth like 2,500, teams are worth 5,000, and Indies, which is a team that is outside of our brokerage, is worth 10,000. And then Ben gets paid four times on the first four times that we get paid off of the individual. So I think that's a great way to compensate agents and make it worth them bringing people into your world if your company doesn't have a profit sharing platform like an EXP or an exit. Leslie asked, is that letter in the drive? It was the letter for other agents when you do a deal with them. I said, Catherine or Andy probably know where it was. Oh, I don't think there's any letter in the drive, Leslie. It's a simple letter. It's just- I, I retract my statement. Yeah, I don't think it's in the drive. It was something like simple, like, well, what you would write, just use your own words. So I would say like- Chat GPT it, it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to keep it short and sweet, three, four sentences, okay. handwritten, like literally guys, if you're not selling over a hundred houses a year, which I know a handful of you are not, just do it yourselves. You don't need to outsource this. Like how many, if you have a hundred sales a year, that's a letter every three days, it'll take you two minutes. How, how amazing that would be, Leslie, for someone to get a handwritten letter from you with your signature in real ink, not copy-paste off sendoutcards.com, and you can use someone else to address the front, use somebody else to give you the list of who needs to have the, have the handwritten letter. It doesn't need to come the day after closing either. It could come a month later, and it still would be meaningful. I remember when I got my license back in like 2006 or seven. there was an agent in our market that would send out kudos bars, and it would just say, kudos to you for getting my <laughs> listing sold. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like, it's kind of weird too. Like, I think my kids would call it cringy. Like, ew, you just sent me a candy bar and I sold like a half a million dollar house. But it was unique, you know, it made them stand out. So I don't know that it needs to be a, a kudos bar. I'd rather get like a $10 gift card probably to Starbucks or something. And I don't think it needs to be a gift card. I honestly just think it's the thought of sending that little the message. And you don't even have to do the recruiting piece to it if you don't want to. I kind of felt like it cheapened it, the specialness of it. Like, it took away a little bit to say, and if you're thinking about moving, because then it made it feel like a recruiting piece. But I mean, we were doing 700 deals a year. I thought, why not add one sentence to say, if you want to learn more about our team, feel free to reach out to our recruiter, Jeff Cohn, whatever. So that's up to you guys. What else? Uh, I think I could not find uh, the careers page. It's careers.kidwilly.com. It should work. Did anyone get it to work? Did you do careers or career? It's career.kwelite.com. Did you do, it's not S, sorry. It's not plural, it's just career.kwelite.com. Sorry if I said careers. We should buy both. Checking it. Yeah, Matteo and Jeff, great answer. 
We don't want to have to track down their home address. It's really hard to find an agent's home address. We'll usually just send it to whatever address they have listed on their website. Most agents today will have a, a website where they have an address, and then we'll just have pension agent name. Some brokerages will throw stuff away if it comes from a competing brokerage. So I'd suggest not sending from a company letterhead. And don't send a letter, send a handwritten card. Everyone opens handwritten cards. A lot of people throw away letters. Black envelopes versus white also get opened like three times as often as white envelopes. Any colored envelope because people think they're wedding invitations. All right, what else? Hey, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, I have a question about the shared services for Powered By. Okay. Um, when do we expect some of that to be available? Like specifically accounting, payroll, um, things like that. Yeah. So what my focus always has been my exit starting in 2011 when we start launched the real estate team. And now it's turned into what this is. I'm helping all of you because my desire is to help you in your exit. And I know you're not going to be able to exit with just a real estate team or brokerage. You're going to need to have the verticals. You're going to need, you're going to, need to have investments. I would recommend you have an insurance book of business that you have a property management company. 10, 15, 20 years down the road, these entities are going to be worth millions of dollars. Your real estate team or brokerage will not be worth millions of dollars. And so from a thought leadership standpoint with the podcast, and then of course, having ERS clients that follow me and real estate teams and brokerages that follow me, I want to be sure I'm communicating to you the truth. True leaders serve their followers <clears throat> by empowering them training them and holding them accountable to being just like them. And so I'd be a hypocrite if I weren't helping you guys to build all of the same things I have already built in Nebraska. And I now intend to build all across the country. Good question, Corey. Owen asks, wow, that's a great discount on Boomtown. How do we know if we're getting that discount on Boomtown right now? Oh, and I think you could probably reach out to Boomtown and ask that question. Want me to draft the email for you? Dear Boomtown, am I getting the ERS discount? Thank you, Owen. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's too easy. I love you, Owen. <laughs> Jeff, I've got one more for you. Would, regarding recruiting, would you, would you agree that all future like talent in your organization, whether they're licensed or not, similar to Dana, who's close to you right now, could theoretically come from your pool of agents that you recruit. And so outside of trying to build a big organization and have all these pillars, if you're looking for future leadership, if you can either buy it or recruit it, would you say that in your experience, you're seeing leadership built from the ground up or people are really, you know, buying leadership and putting them into positions of authority? It's a really good question. Thank you for asking that one. The right way is probably to find the right person outside your organization and recruit them in. Um, that's how normal like Fortune 500 companies would operate. Um, I didn't have the time or luxury when I grew my real estate team to spend a lot of time putting out job ads and paying people pension funds and covering you know, their 401k matching programs and getting into all the corporate mumble jumble of how to build a business. I did it from the ground up. So I hired Kevin McGowan to take pictures for me and put signs in yards. And then he quickly became a COO. I saw that he was fully capable of becoming my COO. And he grew beautifully into that position and stayed in my world a really long time. The same story would be true for Dana, Andy, Catherine, 
everybody in all of our verticals. And for me, what we, what mattered the most was loyalty and relationships because you know, people, people can learn to be good at something. I can put a, I, people can go to a conference. They can read books, listen to podcasts, surround themselves with other people that do great. It's hard to learn to be loyal, right? It's, it's hard to learn to be trusted. That comes with time and relationships. And so I think that I have, inadvertently, unintentionally surrounded myself with people I trusted that I thought were going to be loyal to me and found the role that I felt they were the happiest in. And I'll use Dana as the example. Like I'm constantly checking in with Dana probably weekly where we're talking about his life and being satisfied in the roles he's in and making sure he's getting compensated fairly and justly. And the same would probably be true with all of the other positions that I would consider direct reports to me is making sure Andy's in the right role. And he moves around, he's moved around a lot, making sure Catherine's in the right role. So you'll find great people and you'll recruit them into your world. And then you'll always be working on making sure they're in the right role. And the right role kind of goes back to the disc test. So a disc test will give you people's natural state and then adaptive state. People can work in an adaptive state for a certain amount of time, but eventually they'll they'll get tired. Um, it creates friction to be in an adaptive state. They have to adapt to be successful at what they're doing. You want people to be in a natural state. So if you're a high SC and you're a real estate agent, you hate talking to, to people. You hate making cold calls. You hate not door knocking. You hate open houses. Yeah. <laughs> Dana's an SC. <laughs> But SCs are great at following up with leads, sending out emails, getting the drips running, all of the mundane, consistent things an SC is great at. So find, making sure that you have people in the right role based on their personality types. So to answer you know, your question, I did a long-winded circle answer. I, I have chosen to build my team of people around based on people who've been in my world a long time and then finding the seats that they will be the happiest sitting in. And if they, if I know they're happy and they're in that natural state versus the adaptive, they'll stay in my world longer and they'll do better. Yeah. And they'll do better and they'll be happy. Like that's the biggest thing. They'll be paid well for the time and energy they're putting in for us and they'll be happy and they'll get the best results because they're doing the thing that they're good at and the thing that's actually getting the be the uh, most change. Like Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. I've rarely felt like I've ever worked for Jeff Cohn. When I say work, because I didn't feel like work. That's all. Thanks. Yep. Dana has the coolest job. Truthfully. Like, do you guys ever think about like, just pause for a second and be like, who would you want to be in your organization? Like, if you had to have a job, who would you want to be? I'd want to be Dana. <laughs> he's literally a rock star. So, like, in Nebraska, he's, like, one of the top guitarists. He's in three bands. He is a rock star. And then he gets to be our rock star as our producer for the podcast and our trainings and, of course, the ERS trainings today. But it's cool if you get to watch him. I don't know if we have a camera angle, but he has, like, a whole beautiful mind. Yeah, here we go. Look at that. How cool is that? That's Dana. It fits my personality. Jeff put my personality in its right place. So <laughs> thank you, Dana. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, how do we get everybody out to the event end of May? I was telling Catherine as we plan, this is our fifth year. It's our it's gonna be our biggest event. We'll have the most amount of people, we'll spend the most amount of money on it. For anyone that already has decided they're not coming, how would I get you to come? And you don't have to answer. Maybe this is rhetorical. Send me a private message. I really want everyone to come. So obviously we don't want to take a big loss financially. We've made it already cost. It's 297 a ticket. 
Uh, but we really want to get everybody here this year. All of our ERS clients, I'd love to have testimonials from you guys that have taken advantage of everything ERS has to offer, have continued to take advantage of the podcast. Uh, but it's just awesome to get people in person, as you guys know, who've been out to Omaha once or more than once. And there's a lot of great energy at the Team Building Summit. Has anyone here been to the summit? Will you speak to it really quick? The three of you that raise your hands. Yeah, it was uh, an incredible experience. It really took our business to the next level. Going there within six months, it just transformed our business. We actually had a team with agents, admin, and um, it was like rocket fuel for our business. And I was just so blown away at everything that Jeff says, what he thinks, what he does, and just being in close proximity to high achieving people rubs off on you. And then the conversations I had with people afterwards at the bar, at the events, hanging out with people, like I'm, I was just blown away by what people are doing. And it, you get way more out of it by meeting the people at ERS in person, face-to-face, building better relationships with all the people in this cohort, because uh, there's really incredible people in this group. So I, I highly recommend it. And uh, Camille and I and our baby are planning on being there this year. Let's go. Owen, are you planning on dancing again? Absolutely. If there's a That's dance how we're going to get people here. I am You're, down. We will. Owen is committing. Listen, Owen's committing to getting on stage in front of everyone at the moment in which the room is the most dead. You're just going to be called up at any point during the day and dance for three minutes. As long as you've got a good song like Dance Monkey. or You pick the song. Fun. Dana's the running the music. Ever. What song, Dana? He said dance monkey. All right. Whatever you there want. it is. We got okay. it. So there you go. That should be that should be a good hook. <laughs> Owen's do Owen's real life. Like I've seen it. He does it. All right, Corey, what's up? What did you think? And I echo everything Owen said. Um just you know, being in that environment. And um every time I come to one of y'all's events, um I have a list of kind of like what are my big three things uh, that I'm focused on right now? You know, what are my couple of barriers? Um, and whether it's you or Andy or anybody, you know, or Logan with ERS or just people that are there at the event with you, um, just kind of having that focus on, I'm always moving the needle, right? And every time you go to an event, you should have a different set of problems. Uh, it means you're, it means you're, you're, means you're working, you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 an awesome event, and then getting to visit with the vendors. Um, hey, I got to sit at the table with Spring and uh, and Brian. You know, yep. and that was cool to get to meet them and visit with them. Uh, and that was before I started with Sisu. Uh, anyway, it, it's just it's really cool. Cool, thank you, Corey. Chad, I know you've been out. You have anything to say? I think Owen nailed it. Like a hundred percent, the people that you meet, um, get you outside of your world and opens up the door for a lot of other opportunities. Just talking with people. Cool. Thank you. And my biggest thing, you guys, and you'll know this from the podcast is we don't sell out. And what I mean by not sell out is not sell out seats. Our goal is to sell out seats. We don't sell out the people that we choose to allow in the room. You're only in the room. If you're a client, if you're a, co- a company that we've used 
at least 12 months is our requirement. So all of the vendors that are there are companies we've used for years and years. Anyone that's on the stage has been vetted. We've either seen them speak or they've already spoken at one of our events before. But I think you guys nailed it that the big value of events is obviously the content's great. There's got to be good content during the day, but it's the connections that you create after hours and during the breaks. We've done a really good job fine-tuning our breaks. We have two 30-minute breaks, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, a 90-minute lunch. And then every evening has tons of activities and all of that's included. The only thing you're paying for is your airfare to get here, the $297 ticket and your rooms. And we have a special discount on the rooms too. I think it's like 180 bucks. It used to be way expensive because we did it during the College World Series. We've learned to not do it during the College World Series and the rooms are like half as expensive. All of it's at the Marriott Capital District downtown. So Marriott is a beautiful facility. It's been there for maybe five or six years. It's We just got a uh, Texas de Brazil that's inside of that building as well as Jay Gilbert's. And then if you've ever been... A lot of cities have like an area with open container. The whole area behind the, the Marriott has four bars and it's all open container. There's a huge big screen TV. They've added all sorts of stuff in that pavilion area that's behind the hotel. So it'll be a great event. We hope everyone chooses to come if you guys can make it. It's end of May, early June. I think it's like May 28th, 29th through June 1st or 2nd. But go to the Team Building Summit, grab your ticket, secure your spot. And then we look forward to finishing up recruiting for the month of April. If there's anything else we can do for you guys, never hesitate to reach out. And again, thank you for being a part of ERS. Yeah, 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 yeah.